What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie, and we are here with another fun episode. MJ's got her cocktail. I got my snacks. I, this is the, this is the second episode that I have had an alcoholic beverage. If that tells you anything about the book I'm currently writing. <laughs> the book is Emerson, to drink. Emerson is driving me to drink. And before you know it, I'm going to be locked up in an insane asylum. That's literally what he's doing to me at this point. I'll come visit. So, huh? I'll come visit you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. My straight jacket and my orange clothing. I'll bring, I'll bring new releases to read to you. Oh my God. You're so nice. Thank you so much for that, Stevie. So book world stuff. What's going on? Um, let's see. We got Allie Styles crashing east. If you don't know, um, she formerly went by Allison Theotos. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what her other pen name was. And now she's going by Allie Styles. Um, Jody Waters is releasing Goodbye Guy. Rebecca Sharp, Dr. Rebecca Sharp, I should say, is releasing her new book called Besotted. Besotted? Yes. All right, cool. Cool title. I dig it. I dig it too. And then a very special guest is releasing her book this week. And by the time you're hearing this, it will be out. Yes. So make sure you go get that. We'll talk more about that when we get to our special guest. Um, book world information for me. Honestly, I haven't really been reading that much lately, mostly just because I've been deep, deep, deep in the writing hole. And the Emerson is just all consuming. So I'm about, I would say a week out from being completely done with it before I send it off to an editor. And then he comes back and then I check it. And then before you know it, ARCs will be out to uh, bookstagrammers, bloggers, the world, Stevie. Stevie hasn't read this one. This is the only, well, no, I've read some of it. Pieces, very small pieces. I didn't really do beta this one, so. Surprise, surprises, man. I've just, this book, I have been keeping super close to my chest, mostly just because, like, I don't know, I want, I want everybody to kind of just be, like, mind blown. I want them to be kind of, like, shocked. I want them to go in in the dark and me to just like surprise shawty like just like scare everybody so yeah i get to read some chapters i read a chapter i read my favorite well my favorite scene already and i haven't even read the whole book yet it's definitely going to be when they see each other when they see each other when they see each other oh shoot yeah i wrote the book i wrote the book and i forgot (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I just think their entire relationship is super dynamic. This is like, Emerson and Sophia are very different than Bishop and Val or Nico and Riggs, Charlie and Kai. She's very different. She's very complex. He's, you know, Emerson's a dumpster fire. We all love him. She's got a lot of hurt and anger. Yeah, yeah. And she's dealing with a lot of stuff that is, you know, directly involved with him and, they're just going through the motions and it's really sweet. I love it. It's a little bit of a slow burn. So I'm excited for everybody to read it. But other than that, I've just been happy that it's hockey season. Also, I'm drinking new Amsterdam pink Whitney. Don't know if anybody drinks that, but it's fantastic with Sprite. But yeah, I forgot we could say her name now. Whose name? Sophia? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, we can can say Sophia now. 
Um, that's about all you're getting. I'm just kidding. I might do a, a little sneaky peeky or something like that. My group or my Instagram. I haven't decided yet, but, uh, yeah, teasers will be out soon too. So yeah, I've just been watching hockey, playing call of duty. I've been wrecking children on call of duty. <laughs> you have a great role model right now. Oh, I am. That's why I'm going to kids. What are you talking about? I am no role model. <laughs> Yeah, I've been sterling at when you need her. Right? I have been wrecking people on COD this weekend, mostly just because I try to offset everything that I do. So when I'm like deep into a book and I'm not writing, I try to do something completely opposite of that. And shooting people in a COD just seems to do the trick. (laughs) It gets all that aggressive anger out. Yeah, all of this aggressiveness just goes out in, in 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 the video game. But yeah, so I haven't really read a lot lately. However, if you guys have like book recommendations or anything like that, make sure to like comment, message us on Instagram. We have a Facebook, message us on there. Let us know, drop the suggestions. Recommendations, because when I'm done with my um, monthly reads, I like to find things that I can read. And sometimes I read in between. Yeah. I have an off week, like. And coming up, I'm going to be done with Blind Pass. So that means I'm going to have a little bit of a, a break and I read like a mofo on my breaks. So give me all the suggestions, all the goodness. Um, our special guest that we have today, tonight, this evening, is I think this might be I think this might be Stevie's like fave because I think this woman <laughs> her her like trope is secret baby. <laughs> and everybody knows, everybody knows secret baby is Stevie's jam. It is my jam. Um, now, I, when I pe- first started reading again, like this, like 2020, like came first into 2020 and started finding new books again, mm-hmm. I took some time off. I was in school all the time, so I didn't really read as much. Um, and then I came into 2020 with looking for books and I stumbled across this author and I read the first series that she wrote which is five books I think it's five books that's the one we're going to be talking about actually and then I went on to find that she wrote three more books about the kids mm-hmm. and now she's releasing another series about the grandkids so Nikki Ash is coming on today to discuss um, her fighting series and all the good stuff in that series and the newest series which comes out next week yeah I think for me so I would say about 2019 which honestly seems so far away like it seems like it was forever ago because I think 2020 literally lasted eight years (laughs) Um, it aged me look it aged me for real so uh, about 2019 my mother-in-law I love her shout out to ginger I love her to death she just said shout out to ginger (laughs) Her name is Ginger. Know, but you said it so like. <laughs> Shout out to Ginger. I love her. Anywho, so basically she, I can't even remember. I was at her house and she had a Kindle and she actually is the one who was like, oh my God, have you ever read Monica Robinson? She goes by M. Robinson. And I was like, no, like I've never, I'm not a big romance reader. And she was like, oh, but wait, because I mean, I've read like Wuthering Heights and Tess of the Duberval's. Like I've read like British romantic literature, you know, but I've never read like 
steamy erotica romance, right? And so she actually, you know, told me, she's like, have you read Monica Robinson? And I was like, no. And she's like, you need to download these books. She was like, you can do a Kindle Unlimited for 10 days free and then figure out if you want it. And so I downloaded her good old boy series. And when I started, I have been, I had, I had gotten sucked in to a world of unknown places <laughs> that I never expected to be. And I just kind of like fell in love with all of these books and yeah, that's just Emma Robinson. Are we allowed to make that announcement yet? Oh, our Valentine's Day episode, ladies and gentlemen, we will have the lovely Monica Robinson on our Valentine's Day episode. It'll go live on Valentine's Day, and she'll be discussing all the fun, juicy bits about her newest release, The Kiss, which is the start of her rom-com series, The Playboy Pack. Who is ready for some Playboy action? The Playboy Pack. And I am alpha beta-ishing that and let me tell you something leo the boys leo sawyer kane and what's his face i forgot the other one leo sawyer kane ashton they are a freaking they are amazing they're hilarious they are dumpster fire they are funny first right yeah that's the one for the kiss yeah leo and mila and they are everything and so, yeah, so I'm super excited to talk to her about that. She's like a big inspiration of mine. So that'll be a good episode. But we're going to go ahead and hop on over and uh, chat with Miss Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash resides in South Florida, where she is an English teacher and a mom by day and a writer by night. When she's not writing, you can find her with a book in her hand. From the boxcar children to Wuthering Heights to the latest single parent romance, she has lived and breathed every type of book. While reading and writing are her passions, her two children are her entire world. You can probably find them at Disney at a Disney park before you would find them at home on the weekends. Thank you so much for coming. We're so happy to have you, Nikki Ash. Thanks for having me. The Stevie is like, listen, I was telling her, I was like, I think this might be Stevie. Well, in the intro, I was telling people, I was like, I think this might be Stevie's like most excited episode because a, you have a, a tendency to write a specific type of trope that Stevie is like literally all it's every day every book it's like secret baby <laughs> oh i love secret baby it's my favorite jam it's stevie's jam I love it. It is, I'm, look i'm already signed up for knocked up Technology, <laughs> yeah. like, i hit click the minute that thing dropped so. oh good i was like yeah I, I knew it was only a matter of time before i put together an anthology for secret baby because i'm obsessed <laughs> I don't know if it's just where I don't have children or I have, I don't know what it is, but I mean, it's not like I don't like a secret baby trope. It's just not like, I mean, I'm going through it. I'm like secret baby trope, secret, found it. Like, that's not like what I do. If I find it, that's awesome. I love them. But Stevie's like secret baby trope, secret baby trope, secret baby trope. <laughs> I'm like, I like, go with the girl. I like them all, but I do favor secret babies. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I got annoying younger siblings. That's why. I don't know. I I love secret baby and single parent books, and I really don't like kids. Like I like my own. <laughs> like they're cool, but like honestly, I don't really like kids. But like I can write like single parent and and read single parent like all day, and I don't even know why. In secret baby, I think probably more than half of my books are either single parent or secret baby. 
they're good. So it works. (laughs) (laughs) It works. I mean, Hey, I don't, I mean, I'm currently writing a single parent at the moment and that's stressful. I don't listen. It's like, like, it's just stressful because I feel like people are judging my fictional parenting. (laughs) Um, I think it's fun because uh, the kids, like you can make them whoever you want. And a lot of times I think probably because I have kids, a lot of mine is based off of it. And I think like a lot of parents, they're not judging. Most of them, when I'll write a book, they'll be like, that was me. Like that, <laughs> that was me. It's good to know I'm not the only one screwing up my kid. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. <laughs> I think they can relate to it. When I write a book that's not single parent or seeker baby, I like I almost get bored in a way. Like I, I'm like, what do I do? Like, what do you do without these kids that are usually stealing the show? Or what do you do without like, you know, like when I write a book that's not Secret Baby, because a Secret Baby book usually starts off with sex in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're starting off with a bang. So when you when I go from writing like Secret Baby, Secret Baby, and I go to like a regular book, I'm like, God, when are they gonna screw? This is just forever. <laughs> So like, oh, okay, like, is this slow burn? And then like my, my beta is like, no, no, this is normal burn. That's me. <laughs> That's so me. I literally am having that problem right now. My alpha, she is, I literally love her. Her name is Melissa. Shout out her. I love her. She, I'm literally writing this. I just wrote the sex scene. I just wrote it. Feels like it's taking me forever to be here. And she's like, she says, Alex, she's like, MJ, she's like, it doesn't, it's not that long into the book. Like you just think it is because we've had, they've had sex, like characters in your earlier books have had sex, like four chapters in. And I'm like, so like, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever works. Um, but we're going to ask you some questions about your books and then I'm going to take writing questions since I like am the author and I am interested in like different authors styles and systems and all that good jazz. And then Stevie will take reading questions and then we're going to ask you about some tropes because we love tropes on this podcast, as you can tell. Um, So you originally started with the fighting series. Like what inspired that? Like this MMA world that you created? So I was like obsessed with MMA books. Um, The very first one, I want to say the very first one I read was Undefeated by Scott Hildreth. Mm -hmm. um and I became like obsessed with it and I think I like read them all to where it came to a point where it was like I was looking for MMA and I could not find any I hadn't read Mm -hmm. and it was a joke that a friend of mine was like well you know if you want something done just do it yourself and so like I I wrote the book and I wrote it in like two weeks it was just ridiculous like once I started writing I just couldn't stop yeah, that's amazing. Holy shit, I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah, so like I wrote it and then um, it was just supposed to be like one book. I was like, nobody's going to buy this, but whatever, you know, it, it was fun. So um, my aunt was a graphic designer, so we slapped a cover on it and I had it edited and mm-hmm. and like a few people bought it and they were like, well, there was like a character in the book, um, a side character is her best friend. And, yeah. and they were like, well, are we going to get her book? Yeah. Um, and that's how the, actually, that's how the secret baby started was because it was insinuated. Well, fighting for a second chance was secret baby. Yeah. Then the second book was also secret baby. I think that's how my obsession started. <laughs> was like, it was insinuated that she was pregnant and they were like, well, are you going to write her book? And I was like, um, no, like, I just thought I was going to write this one. 
and so then like I was like all right well all right I'll write it and then now it's been like four years and this is going to be my 22nd book I think holy look at look at what happens <laughs> yeah I don't even know how it happens snowball effect one tiny snowball has turned into 22 books people but yeah it was just because I wanted an MMA book and and now um and and that was you know I, the majority of my books have been MMA I was like obsessed with it do you watch MMA like on television not really a whole lot um but my boyfriend like does and um like I don't know like, I just I was around it and I don't I don't know why I think there's just something like sexy about like a dude a, beating the shit of another guy yeah just like, <laughs> and, like he's in shape and, and there's something about bodies of like yeah. certain head like lightweight like light heavyweight we're gonna say <laughs> in that range something about their bodies are very sculpted I will say. Yeah. And also I think a lot of it too, because it's romance, they're always like strong. Like, don't get me wrong. I've written like, you know, a few of my, you know, a few of the like businessmen, but I prefer like the ruggedly, like I, even like my businessmen, like they're going to get scrappy. They're <laughs> like, like, they're going to like, they will the- roll up their sleeves. And yes. Yes. Like they all have tattoos. Like there's a, there's gotta be somebody like strong beneath them. Like they're not, yeah up there with you know like their Louis Vuitton or whatever you know like they're I love that they're, yeah they're getting scrappy I, so. I love a good balance between like real like rugged and real regal like I think that yeah. there's like I think that that's a good balance like I can yeah. if you wear a suit but like underneath the suit you're like tatted and I know that you could beat somebody up in a bar for me yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <that's> <laughs> <I feel. laughs> Um, so in your books, you tend to write really strong female roles, which is something that I super admire. It's something that I like to do myself. Was that always your plan or did they just turn out that way? You know, it's weird because, um, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of Goodreads. Um, mostly, you know, because as an author, you'll see a lot of negative reviews. Mm -hmm. And when I first started writing my books, I thought that I was writing strong females in my head. And then I noticed that a lot of readers were like saying that they were weak. And at first I felt like I wasn't doing my job, you know, because of yeah. course I want my woman to be strong. But then I realized that there are different types of strength. Yes. And I think it was important for me to see that. And I realized very quickly that women judge women frick yeah it's like girl power but like no but, sure not, but really not like yeah. like, sorry, like you better not be anything but perfect and you better not have any insecurities but I'm gonna have insecurities and that's okay yeah so I think like for me my strong character is a lit my strong women I think it's different um than the usual uh and I shouldn't say usual but what I think people consider strong where it's like she's such a badass and and she goes around you know knocking men down and my women I think are, them in the throat. <laughs> yeah, I think my women are more of they're the the silently strong like they've yeah. been knocked down and they're going to come up but it's not going to be in like you know this showy way it's going to be like I'm gonna through my actions I'm gonna show you that you can knock me down but I'm still going to get back up and I'm going to get yeah. through this so I think that's where it comes from is that I always 
I think every woman or I am, I'm, I'm so insecure about everything, whether it's being a mom or, you know, being a, a, whatever it is, I'm insecure. I think everyone is. And so many times I see women go, you know, like, I want a strong female. What they really mean is they want her to be perfect. Yeah. And it's just not going to happen because it's just not accurate. No. And I think the thing, well, I mean, honestly, every, like you said, there's strength in different areas. Like people can be strong where others are weak. And I feel like we are writing these MMA characters, right? They're like in the spotlight. They're strong. They're like out there and showy. And so it's like, they need somebody like a strong female that doesn't have to be here I am yeah. all the yeah, time. And I know? think that my men, um, even though like physically they're strong and I think that um, emotionally they'll be strong for the women, yeah. but I write them very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think I do. Caleb. <laughs> Caleb is that one. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So she's like, she's right from the beginning. Yes. Caleb is like an all time favorite where he is the, on the outside, he is strong and he is a badass, but emotionally he is damaged. Yeah. And it takes like you, like a strong woman like Haley to, to bring him up and, and to, and to get him into that right state of mind. And yeah, I, I don't know. I write nice guys. <laughs> I just don't think people see that though. Like, I don't think people, I think when people see that they're like, oh, like, look how weak she is. And it's like, no, like, do you know how draining it is to have yeah. to, well, I wouldn't say draining. Cause it's not like if you're in love with that person, it's not like it's a chore. No, it, is. No, it doesn't matter. It's still emotionally draining to it have is. to be, you have to be so extra for this person who has been through so much to prove to them that not all you know, being vulnerable and being emotional and love and happiness and sunflower and rainbows is shit, you know, because yeah. like they've been through all this stuff. And that takes a really strong person to go through. Like not a lot of women can do that. And like you said, women judge other women and it's, 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 it's a toxic community. It is. Out there. It is. I and- wrote, um, when I wrote through his eyes, she was probably the character that readers who haven't read me, um felt that she was the weakest and it was so crazy to me because I thought she was the strongest yeah and it just and that's when I think I realized that that I have to write for me because who I saw as one of the strongest women and and so many women had messaged me and said like she is me and I can relate to this and thank you for writing this but there were the women that were going she's so weak oh my god you know and I realized like I don't really believe that they think that she's weak. I think that they see themselves and that's scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey. That's how I take it. It's how it goes. It's how, I mean, I I just, like for me, so like my first character I ever wrote, she was a hockey player. So she has to be physically, she's a badass. Like she plays this male dominated sport and she was raised by a single dad, which was like literally me. And so like, she's very cocky and confident on the ice, but like, she's a soft romantic person because females it's, it's a thing. It's fine. You can have balances within yourself. Like she doesn't need to be like all the time. Like she can. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Stevie's gonna take the next question. Now, we- since I've read all three series <laughs> and the first book of the third series, <laughs> um, is there one series you favor over the- favor over the other? Oh, that's hard. Um, Still out of just the fighting it. series, out of so 
to be completely honest, and I think like I feel like it's kind of cliche for me to say this, but if I had to pick between the fighting series, the fighting love series, and the finding love series, which is the one that's coming out, I would say the finding love series. Um, and the reason for that being is the first series in the fighting love series, it was like me learning, and I love the characters and I love their love. And then in the fighting love series, um, I feel like I was more of coming into my own where I was getting comfortable with it and I wrote the people and the stories I wanted like with clinched um the twist in it and tapping out he was Marco was a, a he was groveling he was an imp- their their romance was not perfect of an addict with a recovery arc <laughs> it, yeah, it was, tapping out I think was like my changing point I think that will always be like the book that really means something to me because I knew that my readers were going to be super pissed they mm-hmm. wanted her with a certain guy she I knew that she asked that question I told you that coming from an author's that. perspective and the way that Stevie was like explaining it to me I was like oh I know she caught well, so much hank well, <laughs> well and here's the thing too is that I write ahead a lot of people don't know this um because you don't really want like readers to be like, well, you better release those books right this second. I write almost a year out. Yeah. Holy so shit. when, so when I started like when I was like, okay, Bella's getting a book, they're all like, she's gonna be with Tristan, and I'm like, this book's already written. This book's done, edited, freaking formatted. Like this book's done, and I just had to sit back and for a little while, I was getting scared. Yeah. Because, like they're gonna kill me. Like. <laughs> this would be bad but um I may be the outlier then I told you no but they no they didn't they came around and they realized that Tristan deserved better yeah he did Tristan deserved somebody to love him like Bella loved Marco yeah so when I wrote their series that was like me like that was me like I don't care anymore. Not that I don't care, but you know, like I'm going to write for me and you know what the readers are going to hop on or they're not. And they did, they did. So then when I got to finding love, um, I have to say this series coming out, it's my kind of love, my kind of beautiful and my kind of perfect. They are without a doubt, the most raw series I've written. Like I didn't hold back. Um, And honestly, my kind of love is probably the most reserved out of the three which says a lot oh no <laughs> I sobbed during that book let's be real I sat on my bed at midnight with a box of tissues and I was still crying <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> when I, I book. <laughs> it took me to write that series over two years I put out like 15 books since I mean you know between that like it was yeah. just ridiculous but it I had it in my head how I wanted it to be and I wasn't accepting anything less and my beta readers when I was like okay so you know I give them the I give them the outline so that they know what to expect and they also know like uh it doesn't look you're heading in this direction that you wanted you know yeah. and when I sent it to them my kind of love I sent like all three of them and they were like are are you serious right now like mm-hmm. this this is where you're going with this you sure about this and I'm like yeah jump jump on let's go we're either on the train or we're off the train but the train is moving <laughs> yeah it's I, I think um a friend of mine actually my graphic designer she reads my books and she finds my quotes for me and stuff and she had like just posted in the group about like <laughs> this meme about like 
take the reader taking away the characters from the author like no no you don't get these characters back until you learn how to play nice yeah. like, oh like um you guys have no idea what you're in for this year like it's oh my god that's amazing yeah. so that's why I think it's my my favorite series because it's like this is me and and I'm okay with that yeah I think that's super I don't know like as somebody who's like newer been writing I've been in this for about seven months and so like as somebody who's like working on like their fourth book I want to like I feel like I'm right for myself right like I guess I just it's not that I don't care it's just that like when these characters come to me and I find out who they are and I know what I want them to do I really don't it doesn't really matter to me what anybody like that's just who they are and what I want for them I think that's really it is that it's the characters the characters really just speak speak to me you know or probably speak to you and um sometimes I'm I'm writing and it's going in one direction and all of a sudden um it's going in a completely different direction and I just go with it it just whatever it is it is and then I'm like okay let's reevaluate this you know and, and how do I you know how do I go from here and and I think that's really the important thing is it's like when you see those negative reviews, you want to question everything. Um, and I stopped looking at them after, after the first time when I looked at the week um, in fighting with faith, it was, it was my second book and the character, uh, she was the most frustrating character I've ever written in my life without a doubt. Bentley was a saint to even put up with her, but, <laughs> but it was real. And when I saw it, so many- called Kayla out like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. She was, without a doubt whenever like a reader will be like oh I'm starting with I'm like no oh god well listen I promise you it gets better okay? <laughs> like, don't judge me off of her um but after that I I stopped looking at Goodreads because I realized it was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna please everybody I'm gonna write for me I'm gonna write the characters that called to me the stories that called me and I write all over the place like I literally will go from writing like a sweet love story to writing um, like uh, menage to writing reverse harem, <laughs> to writing a dark, super, super dark. One of my, my I have a co-writer, Kay Webster. Uh-huh. So, I mean, well, I mean, we're, we went from writing like a dark, I mean, the guy was like chopping people's feet off. So like, <laughs> okay, now I'm going to write clutch player, this super sweet baseball <laughs> player. <laughs> I love that. It's chopping. I don't even know what to expect. Off. I love that. That's fantastic. I don't even know what to expect. <laughs> um, since I've already read my own kind of love, obviously, <laughs> can you tell readers what to a little bit of what to expect from Michaela's book? So this is actually the first time that I have not said what one of the tropes is. And since you've read it, you know what one of the tropes is. And I'm not going to say it simply because, and I'm going to say it after Elise's, but I wanted to give everyone a chance mm-hmm. to read it for the first time. Usually, you know, authors are like, hey, let me tell you everything about this book to get you to want to read it. Yeah. I feel like some of the tropes are kind of like expected for me. Mm-hmm. So they're curious to see like which one it will be. So I'm not saying, but um, it is a military romance. Um, in the blurb, it does say that she, uh, (laughs) she, um, got married very young. Um, she was in love and she lost her husband and she's lost. She's young and she's lost and she luckily has her parents support, but there's only so much you can do. And, um, 
she leaves to go to her parents um beach house because she needs to really just she's got to get over this in some yeah. way she's got to move forward um and at the same time ryan he's in the military he's getting ready to leave to afghanistan um he has just gone through a divorce and all the stuff it wasn't a bad marriage um but he's just he's gone through a lot and so um Michaela's father says why don't you use my beach house Mm -hmm. he doesn't know that she's there so they end up there at the beach house um together and yeah and they you know and um there's a a little bit of an age gap so she's like I want to say she's like 20 eight years or something like that yeah they're eight they're eight or nine years apart i love a good age gap yeah so you know at first he's you know they're they and i what i really liked was that it starts off as like friends you know and they're really helping each other heal and they know that at the end of this he's got to go to afghanistan and she's gonna start her life and so that's that's where it goes but of course it it doesn't end there (laughs) i can imagine i can imagine like the like okay i can't imagine but as somebody who got, who's currently married and is young, right? So there's this thing that I have where I feel so terribly awful. Like I feel bad for anybody who loses a spouse. Okay. Not, Mm -hmm. I'm not out here judging people. Okay. But I'm just saying, I feel so, so bad for people who lose spouses incredibly young. Right. Because if say you lose your spouse, you guys have been together for 35 years okay and say you lose your spouse you guys have been together for five that's the only love that you've ever really known you know like you you only got to have that love for like four you know however long you guys were together I feel like that's so hard to overcome you know yeah, so is the one for 35 years that's the I mean it's, yes yes they but have I just, more time together I yeah. just feel like I don't know there's just something that I get where like a young person goes through like losing somebody like that because this is all we've ever seen. Like we haven't been through life yet. And it's like, ugh. I kill a lot of people in my books. Hurt. Kill a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> just, just cutting people off. Like it doesn't matter. I, I do. don't care. It's I fine. Do. Like that's life. They're just, people die. Yeah. So. We just gotta get on the train or get off the train. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes the train just leaves them behind. <laughs> Nikki Ash is out here kicking characters off the train. Okay, that's how. That's how it is. Oh my god, that reminds me of Yellowstone. She's taking them to the train station. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that, but that's code for I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) So yeah, that's what Nikki Ash is doing right now. Oh god, that's so good. Now, what can we what can we expect from the future books of this series? Um even raw <laughs> uh, it's yeah it's it's going to be raw it's going to be emotional um like uh so the, the readers know like who the characters are and the second book my kind of beautiful it's a friends to lovers but um there's just so much more to it so much so much happens um and you get a little yeah. bit of it during the, like the last chapter okay so this is so funny I don't know if you're are you in my group on Facebook or no I think so okay so this is this is pretty freaking hilarious actually so I wrote the end of my kind of love and jokingly I had wrote that last line in my kind of love Mm -hmm. 
I sent it to my beta reader and then it was like a joke um, because she didn't know yet what was coming in the next book. Mm -hmm. So it was a joke. And then um, she was like, you're going to remove that. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to remove that. Like it's yeah. So it went to the editor and then it, it went back to me and somehow along the way, I forgot to remove that line. <laughs> it was not, it was supposed to be, a, it was supposed to be like, so in my fighting series, I always leave like this little dangly little, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to get you to want to read the next book. Yeah. It's not usually like that. <laughs> okay. This was like, so I actually didn't even realize what happened until I went to go on Goodreads to grab, I always grab the reviews before it releases. Cause that's when all the, all the, all the real reviews, you know, that's when they start coming out yeah. so I grab it early <laughs> and grab a bunch of them to put on Amazon. And I noticed that a few of them were like, I love this book, blah, blah, blah. Just a fair warning. There's a cliffhanger. And I'm like, no, what, what are they talking about? This is a standalone. There is no cliffhanger in this book. Oh God. And and, and let me make that clear. There is no cliffhanger as far like this couple, it's a complete standalone. This couple has their happily ever after, but there was supposed to be a line, but there's two lines instead. And I'm not going to say what the line is, but so I'm like, so then I'm like, is this chick like reading the wrong book? What's going on here? So then I go to like the next one and it says the same thing. So I pull up my book real fast because I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> and I message my, my beta reader. I said, um, did you not point out because she had like reread the entire book at the end. She like also will kind of proofread for me. She reads through the whole thing. Cause I wrote this like seven months ago. I mean, this book has been done for a long, I mean, I wrote it like a year ago, but it's been done. Like the last time I read it was seven months ago. Yeah. And she goes, I just figured you changed your mind. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, no. And she's like, are you going to remove it? And I'm like, I can't remove it. It's already, the, the KDP has already closed it. I can't remove it. <laughs> oh, so it's just there and it's going to be there. And I mean, look, the, the book's coming in two months. The next, I don't, I'm releasing them two months apart from each other. Mm -hmm. So they'll be okay because they read um hidden truths and stolen lies and they read torn apart and bound together and those have the worst freaking cliffhangers in the damn world so they can <laughs> handle this one they'll be okay it's just a little lead-in for the next book we're all okay Drink fine. Some wine. trust me <laughs> trust me it's fine <laughs> yeah, everything is fine yeah. okay so last book question if given the opportunity will you write a fourth series based on the children of the finding love series no oh. it's, it's done it, it's okay. done um for one reason and to be honest honestly i could probably write about them all day however what a lot of people don't know well my readers know in my group because i share with them i have a really really bad memory Mm -hmm. And to write each series, every time I write a new series, I have to read through the entire series again um, in order to do it because I'm very big on like my facts need to be a hundred percent. My everything, and they're not even, the, the funny thing is I'm not big on side characters. Mm -hmm. I don't like fluff. I don't like side characters. My books are 99% just about the characters in the book. 
mm-hmm. they're side characters and they're there but i don't have like this whole story you know if that makes sense like going yeah. on with them. but just to have them in the books it takes it was it's i have pages and pages and pages of notes and powerpoints and he belongs to her and they're married there and they have because i i love to have kids because nobody uses condoms in my books yeah so <laughs> i'm like so honestly like there if are I, latex <laughs> no it's it's done and i made sure that um at the end of my kind of perfect there is like an ending, you know, to where it's yeah. like, it's, it's done. And, 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 and people it, are going to cry. I will say I cried. I did. Yeah, I cried. Be like, oh, this is goodbye to like a 11 books, 11 books. I, will I, don't say, know. I really did enjoy the Christmas one because you got to see all these families together, which you see them together throughout the first four books, but by now all of them have children yeah it was and it takes place it takes place like 10 years later or something like that and I I wrote that in like the afternoon um (laughs) it was it was like I don't and honestly somebody said like oh well would you do that for one of your other series I am such a mood reader and a mood writer um the yeah the Christmas novella um which it's almost 40,000 words so it's barely a novella you know it's right on the brink of a full-length novel um it did it had all the characters and it was really sexy and really funny I'm really not a funny person it's so every time readers or my beard oh my god that was so funny like well it wasn't supposed to be but okay (laughs) all right um so I really had a lot of fun writing it but it wasn't my norm but that was what made me want to write Tapping Out when I started writing it um, and give them a book. Um, that had a huge, huge, huge cliffhanger. Um, but that was intentional and they knew it too. Yeah. That okay. was like, I released it and I, I released it and I released Tapping Out like three weeks, four weeks later. But, I mean, hey, it's it's gonna be like a bittersweet goodbye but like it's gotta come to an end eventually it does somebody's gotta start using (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind series but they're very difficult for me because of because I have such bad memory that I have to go through and and pay attention to everything and reread and reread and reread that the last few books I've written um have been standalones and it's so great and every time they'll write them my baby oh is she gonna get a book no (laughs) it's nice to not have to remember and just like write you be free range with it like it doesn't matter whose kid this is and whose father this is and how many babies they have yeah it doesn't matter and exactly. also I all my series that I release I write all of them before I even announce that they're coming out so like all three of these books have been done for over six months because like I said, I have to remember things and things change. There is nothing worse. When I wrote fighting for a second chance, that was supposed to be a standalone. Well, guess what? Everything I wrote in that book in order for me to continue, I had to use that because it's already there. There's no going back every name, every age, every circumstance, every family, you know, I mean, some of them I was like, oh God, why did I do that? I made him, you know, this, well, great. Now he's got to stay that. And so I, when I wrote Imperfect, when I wrote the Imperfect Love series, 
all of them are done before the first one comes out. This series, all of them are done before the first book comes out so that I can go back and go, okay, no, 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 no. I need to change this. You know, it might be the first book I'm changing to make it work for the third book. I'm listen, I want to get on that level. I couldn't, <laughs> can't write that. Listen, I'm not a planner like that. I can't, uh, it's a lot of work. I can't work. No, no, no. My brain, I'm ADHD and I'm dyslexic. My Even brain, my duets like with Kay Webster, <laughs> um, the torn and bound and the, um, hidden truths and stolen lies they both were done before we even announced them i need to get on that level i need to get on that level it makes you more (laughs) comfortable though i think because you don't have to worry about messing up or you know facts not making sense or i've seen where like an author will like go back and like have to edit something you know like Mm -hmm. oh well you know now i need to change his age because this isn't going to work and so i think it it makes it less stressful when you I need to, I need to get on. I need to do that. That's what, that's what I need to do. Um, So uh, moving on to writing questions, uh, your love of storytelling, like where did that come from? Have you always been like a reader? Have you always like liked writing? I'm a huge, 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 huge reader. So before I started writing, I was reading like 400 books a year. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm a huge reader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, my writing game has ruined my reading game. Like this year, I only read like 150 books. Yes, I feel that on a spiritual level. Um, <laughs> even some people are like, wait a second. Like I wrote like eight books and I <laughs> read 150. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I am, I am. But the funny thing is that I read mostly dark and gritty um I love secret baby and single parent too but nine times out of ten it's coming with her being kidnapped <laughs> me too well I'm not a kidnapped not not really but me too I like balance out my life with like dark stuff like I read horror books and like crime criminal fiction yeah sometimes people say like oh are you ever worried about you know writing something similar to what you read I'm like no because mm-hmm. honestly I I I read way way darker and um grittier and you know than than I write I tried um once to write like a mean guy I can do it when I co-write with Kay Webster because she can write that mean guy so that's good like I tried once to like write this mean guy and he was just like nice so I was like (laughs) okay I hate you Sorry, like sorry. kidnapping though, and suddenly I'm putting pieces together for of book three of the fighting series. <laughs> it's like you can't. It's like you can't have him yell at her. It's like you have him yell at her, and then he's like twenty seconds later. I'm sorry for yelling. And yeah. like when you're writing a bad guy, he can't apologize. He has to just no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good at writing mean guys. I just want them to like treat I their. I want them to like be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, meanwhile, I'm like reading like these assholes. I'm like. Oh, I, love I love it, it. <laughs> so see that now that I've read a lot of the books obviously so I can see how nice all the characters are <laughs> they like worship their women <laughs> I know like Bentley's like the king of like well Cooper is too but Bentley's like okay you take your time I will be here I know like even I was like seriously Kayla like give me a freaking break get over it <laughs> like Jesus look Why at this man this man loves you like Jesus <laughs> um so you are a teacher an English teacher 
what grade do you teach? So, um, yeah, I teach high school. Um, Please tell somebody reads your books, like your girls. No, your no, class. no. Actually, like I keep that a hundred percent separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I've told my students that I enjoy writing, you know, and that I write, but they don't really know what I write or, you know, um, I use a different last name than what my marriage last name was, mm-hmm. what my kid's last name is. Um, one, I didn't want my ex-husband's last name on my books anyway. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's separate. Um, yeah, it's completely separate. Um, so yeah, I teach writing, but I teach a completely different kind of writing. It's like research-based, mm-hmm. um, you know, so it's, it was different. And actually it kind of made it a little difficult to start writing at first because like when you teach the kind of writing I do, like you're not allowed to use like contractions or, you know, and all this stuff. And like, and then all of a sudden you're like writing a novel and I'm like, you know, instead of like, he will heal, you know, he'll, you know, he's going and like, he is going like, God, I'm writing. Like, it's so formal. (laughs) That's what I, you know. So there hasn't been one student that's like came up to you and be like, I read your books. Well, they're actually, they're, they're, so this is, this is so funny. When I um, started teaching, I had a student who had actually like, I, I, like I was reading all the time. I hadn't even started writing yet. And she had actually said to me, oh, I read this really, you know, she was supposed to be doing her work and she was sneaking and reading a book like on her phone. (laughs) And I was like, what are you doing? You know? And she's like, I'm reading this really good book. It's so good. And I was like, well, you know, what is it? (laughs) And so she was like, oh, it's Dirty Ugly Toy by Kay Webster. And she's like, it's so freaking good. You have to read, you know? So of course, like I went home and read it. And that's how I became friends with Kay Webster. Well, I, I had her and then uh, a few years later, so we had kept in touch. She was a really good student of mine. Mm-hmm. So she was like already like out of high school. She's away at college. Um, and she had texted me, um, you know, I had said like, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And she's in uh, a pharmaceutical major and she needed a, um, a recommendation. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, you know, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I should, you know, tell you because now she's already done and she's, you yeah. know, I said, I, I wrote, you know, I've been writing books and she's like, what? No way. I said, yeah. I said, and I'm actually about to release a book with Kay Webster. And she was like, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah. And it it was funny because the first book that Kay Webster and I had released was called Heath, Mm -hmm. which is a modern telling of Wuthering Heights. And I teach that book. And so like she had read it as a student. And so she like went and bought it and like had read it, you know, and she was yeah. like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that meant, well, you know, that meant a lot to me. But other than that, no, I keep it completely separate. I don't even like really, I try not even like to post too much like about it. I just want to keep them separate really. Yeah. Um, just, you know, because it's two different worlds. Yeah. I get that. So you're, when you write, do you have like a weird thing that you do? Like, do you eat Twizzlers? Do you, for example, like I wear the same hoodie every single day I write. Oh my God. I wash it. I wash it. However, I like, if I start a book in a certain hoodie, I can't write unless I'm in that hoodie. Oh, that's so funny. Um, well, no, nothing like that. However, I, I had a, okay. COVID has really, really messed me up because 
I could only write at Starbucks. Um, if I'm home and it's really weird, it's not like I cook or clean or anything. I don't do that yeah. anyway, but when I'm home, I feel like I need to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I constantly like don't write, but when I go to Starbucks and like, I get a coffee and I sit down and like, they know me, you know, it's like, everybody knows you, you know? And it's so, like, you sit down and I'm drinking my coffee. I would write for eight hours. I would write like 10,000 words a day. And I'm at just- Starbucks? Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to be able to chill at a Starbucks for eight hours. Yeah, well, then COVID came and they shut down Starbucks. And for like a few months, I was like, what do I do? Like, how am I supposed to write? It's like, yeah. this, this isn't, what do I do? I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know what to do with myself. I didn't write for like months. And like, I was like, oh my God, I'm broken. This is going to be so bad. <laughs> what do I do? Like, I need to go to Starbucks. Um, and luckily, like my kids are a little older and they're amazing. And um, so I've been like slowly getting there, but now like I only write like 2000 words a day yeah, um, every day because it's just the distraction of just being home. So that's, that's really it. But no, I have to listen to music because um, I'm like totally a mood writer. So I have like a playlist and I listen to like just that playlist while I'm writing. Mm-hmm. My daughter will like jumping around. Yeah, she'll like quiz me. Like we'll be in the car and she'll like turn on a random playlist and she'll be like, which book is this from? And like, I know it because I know the song. I like know the story. That's so cool. I love that. Because <laughs> it's just like, that's it. Like, you know, you, I know it. So that's, that's really it. And I, and I have a desk and I rarely write at my desk. Like if I'm home, I'm like sitting in a chair, mm-hmm. like just with it propped up on my lap and in a blanket and writing. And, but I really just need Starbucks to open up. So if anybody is listening to this and they they have any pull with Starbucks, if they could just get, open, get it up. open. <laughs> Fabulous. Like, I'm really sick of sitting in Panera bread because their their coffee sucks. So <laughs> just not the same. Panera out like that. <laughs> it's fine. Um. So. Duncan girl. Edit. Edit that out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like backspace. Um, so last question for writing questions. Um, so obviously when you write, you kind of like put yourself, like submerge yourself into like a world of like different things. And some moments are very sad and very like heartfelt. So how do you like pull yourself out of that kind of thing? Like, how do you kind of I don't think I do. Um, I, this was actually just happened was I was, I'm writing, um, a book right now and, um, it's coming to like, kind of like that main hump at the end. I call it a hump. I'm sure there's a real word for that, but I call it the hump, the hump they've got to get over before they can have their happily ever after. Yeah. Okay. I'm a writer. Right. So that's the word I use hump. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I literally was in bed sleeping. I went to bed at 11 o'clock at night fell asleep, dreamed like about like what's happening, or maybe I thought about it. I don't even know. Woke up, messaged my beta reader, like paragraphs of like, what's going to happen and fell back asleep. Like woke up and she's like, yeah, you're messaging me at four 30 in the morning. Like I didn't even like barely remember it, but that's like, I mean, I messed her like, Oh, thank God I messaged her because otherwise I wouldn't even remember that. Um, like so idea. It doesn't. And that's the thing is that usually when I write at Starbucks, I would, I'll write a book in like, you know, four weeks. Like it just, it doesn't leave me. I can't stop. 
And so this has been difficult now because instead of writing a book, it's taking me months because I'm writing in smaller increments Mm -hmm. and I'm constantly having to like reread the entire story to get back into it. A lot of it is like memory for me, you know, and Mm -hmm. I wrote, I don't know um, if you read Unbroken Promises, but like Unbroken Promises, oh, she's like, Unbroken Promises, (laughs) um, well, I didn't know if she had either. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Did well, you read it? 400 bucks, a, 400 bucks a year. So it's it's probably on there. <laughs> well, Unbroken Promises was um, a very emotional book. I I literally wrote it. It was 90, almost 90,000 words. I wrote it in like two weeks. It just like consumed me. I just couldn't. It doesn't. Like once it's there... It just, yeah, it consumes me. I can't, um, Kay Webster and I, we wrote um, Torn Apart and Bound Together, two books. Um, they're, you know, I would say 150,000 words. We wrote it in 30 days. It just, Shut the you, can't, front door. you just can't stop. Like, yeah, it just consumes me. And people go, oh, you write so fast, you're a machine. It's not that I write fast. It's not that I'm a machine. It's that I can't stop. Yeah. Like, it just, I'm there and like, and so then what will happen is after I'm done writing this book, like I have, I think I have about three chapters left of this book that I'm, I'm writing and I should be probably done with it by the end of this week. I will like take a few weeks off, you know, to just like, but what will happen is I'll go, yeah, I'm going to take off like a month. And then I'm like already thinking about it. And once it starts going into my head to snowball. It turns into like three days taking off and then I'm back to writing again because like I just I can't stop everybody will laugh at me because I'm like I'm taking a month off I'm taking a month off yeah I'm taking a month off and then they're like yeah okay we'll sure you are we'll see how that goes for you buddy no never, I mean never. I think the reason I I don't think I'll ever be able to do that it's so impressive I literally can't I will never be able to do that and I don't even think no matter like how consuming a book will be for me personally because I I'm an ADHD squirrel and I, and I'm dyslexic. So looking at words for like long periods of time, like it gets a little wonky. Okay. <laughs> like I'm looking at like, it, yeah, but it's not even that there's something, and I don't even know what it is. It's like when the book isn't done, like the entire time, like that we're sitting here talking, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like, I'm about to start the next chapter and what's going to happen in the next chapter. It's like my brain is only half here. I'll be driving in the car and I'm like voice messaging myself, like things that I'm thinking of. It just doesn't leave my head until it's yeah. like done. And so it's like, I don't have a choice. That's insane. That's impressive. Would, That's crazy. It would just drive me insane if I didn't. So yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been hard getting used to writing less every day, but I like for me, I'm really organized. So like, even with this, I figured out that like writing at home and I'm only writing 2000 words a day. You know, if I write 2000 words a day or 1500 words a day, every day, and I do it every single day, I sit down and I write at least 1500 words, sometimes 2000, depending on um, the day of the week, you write a book in eight weeks. That's what I'm doing. Do that. Yeah. Apparently, that's what I do. I just set myself a schedule. Sometimes pacemaker. Without- Use pacemaker.com. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I love that thing. So yeah, I just 
and I've, I've just recently started doing that and this really works for me like prior I was just writing when I felt like it I was like no we gotta get it together so I set a schedule for myself where I write like I my schedule now is like to like 2,000 words a day and if I write that every single day I finish it on time and I've been doing really good of like doing that every single day yes for sure I mean I'm so far ahead that it really doesn't even make a difference I just do it when I want anyway but I've been but I've been doing that just because um of me being at home it makes it harder like I'll be like do I write or do I read like if I'm at Starbucks that's writing yeah when I'm at home, that's reading. And so it makes it difficult to be like, no, now it has to be writing and reading yeah. and kids and not really cooking or cleaning or anything like that. But <laughs> you know, the possibility of it. Yeah. Like maybe I might do it. Um, no. Okay. So Stevie's going to move on to reading questions and she's going to take that portion of it. I have some more hair. What is the first book that ever made you cry? Oh, I, I would probably be, I, 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 hate to say the same book that was the first MMA book, but it was probably undefeated um, by Scott Hildreth. Mm-hmm. Um, because, well, I don't remember the books that I read as a kid, really, you know? Um, and I don't think I cried. I wasn't in that mindset as a kid to cry because you don't have those same emotions and feelings when you're a kid because you don't really understand how yeah. all of that works. Um, but as an adult, the, you know, my first series that I read was, I think what a lot of people's, it was Twilight. And then, and then you move, you know, and then you moved on to, and then you move, I was in college and it's a girl had been like reading it. And I was like, Oh, what's that? So I read it. So then I read that like 50,000 times. And then somebody mentioned 50 shades. So now you move on to the adult Twilight. (laughs) And then you're like, we've escalated. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, escalation. And I read a bunch of books, but like, I didn't like cry in 50 shades of gray or anything like that. I I loved it. I enjoyed all of them for what they are, whatever it is. Um, But then I don't even remember how I found Scott Hildreth, but I came across the book undefeated and um, it was, it's about a fighter and he runs into this woman and he sees her and she's in the truck and she's in an abusive relationship and she locks eyes with him and she is silently wording to him, help, help me. I've read this book. Oh, you have? I have read this book. Yes, I have read this book. That book is emotional AF. I have read this book. Yes, okay. I want to say that's, that's at least the first book I remember crying about. Yeah. I get that. Uh, like through, I remember just bawling, and I and I think that was what where we talked about earlier with the definition of a strong woman mm-hmm. was she had to become strong. And oh yeah, helped her. and I just I just loved it. Cries, cries myself to sleep. I cry all the time. Crying is just happens. Why so easily? Right, <laughs> right. I cry, I cry a lot. Whatever. Um, what's your favorite under underappreciated book? <sighs> I don't know. I don't, you know, it's really weird. I read, I'm one of these people where a lot of readers will go like, I have a favorite author. I, re- I, because I'm a mood reader and I'm a trope reader and 
while I write a lot of single parent and I write a lot of secret baby, most authors don't do that. I think most of them, you know, they'll write like a a single parent and then they write 15 other, you know, other books. So because of that, I read a lot of authors and I don't even know. And even as an author, it's really funny because I don't really like know all of these people. Um, I think I'm just kind of in my own little bubble. And so I don't really know what book would be considered underappreciated because <laughs> it's just a book to me. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of my, my, one, if I had to pick like an all-time favorite book, it's Pulls Apart by Kirsty Mosley. Oh, I love her. Um, and I think she's a big author. Yeah. Um, but she had written more emotional books years ago and then she kind of took a hiatus and she came back and she writes more rom-com now. Mm -hmm. Um, but her books back then, I feel like now they're not talked about a lot because everybody knows her like for the rom-com, but she, um, she wrote pulls apart, which is a secret baby book. And it's probably like one of my all-time favorites and I recommend it and I'm like so shocked when people are like oh I've never heard of this and I'm like yeah what's-? have you so you like reading like angsty make your heart hurt books I do but I don't read love triangles okay because I, I always pick the wrong person I have a <laughs> I have a serious wait so does that mean you were team Jacob yeah probably oh gosh <laughs> what else drives me nuts and it's and I don't mean to like complain I hate when people are like I hate this yeah the problem with love triangles for me is that I like in a book where it's all about the couple so in a love triangle you have to share the time with somebody else who's just gonna go away yeah so I'm like I just wasted all my time falling in love with this guy and now he's just gone and she didn't even pick him so like that makes me mad Okay. I like the reverse harem unit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wrote the a reverse harem recently and I loved it because it was three guys and a girl and she didn't have to pick anybody. She's got to have them all. Yes. Fabulous. Look, I have a favorite tri- love triangle book and I know that I think Jay Sterling and I were just talking about this on the last podcast. Um, I know what she's going to say. Thoughtless by Effie Stevens. Yeah. My favorite love triangle and everybody was satisfied because she did ultimately pick the right person (laughs) but also though she picked him very quickly yeah she did and I think that makes a difference it's three books but she picks him I think like in the first book Mm -hmm. yeah and then the other two books are about them so I think that's different but let's say she only wrote that one book oh Mm -hmm. I would have been pissed See what I mean? Because you're like, me, God. I'm the complete opposite of you both. Like, I don't, I want to read, when I read a love triangle, I don't want to know who she's going to pick. Like, I go to the end and see first. (laughs) I want her to be so invested in both males that I don't know who she's going to pick. Like, that's how I am. I don't know. I'm weird. But I hate love triangles so much that in a book that I wrote, it was three of them. I just, I killed her off. Like, now the two guys live happily ever after. Sorry. <laughs> so for um, a series that you, you probably already read it because you, for, you read so much. Have you ever read The Good Old Boys by M. Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Years and years and years ago. Dang it. 
Yeah. I, yeah. Um, actually, yeah. Monica, Monica is super sweet. Um, yeah, and been- yeah, I read those books years and years and years ago. Um, you know what what i think years ago i read um a lot of different tropes and i think that as you read more and more you realize that it's like i'd rather just read the books that i want to read so now i like seek out the books that i want to read um because my time is more limited and also i think from reading all of those books you find and it's not that any book is better than the other but it's just that like for me i'm like i love I love mafia. I love single parent. I love secret baby. I love kidnapping. I want to read those. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I just like somebody, will, oh, but this book is so good. And I'm sure it is. But, and also I require sex in my books. Um, <laughs> require requirements. No, no, I do. Like, um, if I'm not sure, I will go to the search button on the Kindle app and search like orgasm, climax. If I can't find those words, I'm out. I'm returning the book. It could have been the best book ever. It could have been a life-changing book that, you know, it, it would have stayed with me for the rest of my life, but it didn't have orgasm. So nope. it's gone. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. I just, somebody, somebody's like, well, I'm not in it for the, well, good. You're not in it for the sex. You go do you and I'm going to read my sex book. So <laughs> and I'm going to write them too. Fine. <laughs> I'm right too. I don't care. <laughs> What is the, fade of, the fade of black, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm in it, right? Like I'm here with these characters and I'm chugging along with them through every emotional battle. And then a fade of black, it's like we finally get to the good shit and they slam the door on my face. And yeah. I'm like, hey, hello, let me in. Knock, knock. I want to be And I, you know, so many. I need reasons. to make sure that he's good in bed for her. I have a reader who loves my books, reads every one of my books and told me that she doesn't read sex and she skips over every single one of my sex scenes. She's, it's nothing personal. She doesn't like the sex scenes. And so she skips over. And I'm like, God, you're missing the good shit. Right? You're telling like, me, right? Listen, I'm telling you that what kind of, listen, when I started reading romance, right? I started on Wattpad, which is basically smut. Okay? <laughs> Like it, it is the, that's the, that's the, uh, Edward and Bella, uh, fan fiction right there. When we, before 50 shades, it was in between twilight and 50 shades. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. Dead ass. I'm not even joking you. That's what started my obsession. That Wattpad is the reason I have an obsession with bad boys that smoke cigarettes and are not good for me. That is why. And they're just pure smut, right? So, like, obviously on Wattpad, they were censored. You couldn't say words like cock. Like, you couldn't say that on Wattpad. So, they were censored. And then, as I escalated, I started reading, like, more Really? Books. They're censored on Wattpad? Because wasn't Anna Todd's after series on yes, Wattpad? it was. But it was, like, heavy petting scenes, kind of. Like, she just, like... And mind you, it was, oh my God, I'm so glad you brought that up. Mind you, it was a Harry Styles fan fiction. And Harry Styles- she edited, is that what it is? She like added in the sex later? Yeah. Because there's plenty of sex in that series. Yeah, so like, but in on Wattpad, it was a Harry Styles fan fiction and it was just like grazed over it. Like obviously 
we know they're having sex. She's in the moment, but they're not. She's grazing over certain words and like moving over them. Yeah. So what did she do? Add them in when she took them off a of Wattpad? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> it was, yeah. And it was originally like a One Direction fan fiction. And I read it on Wattpad as a Harry Styles fan fiction. Oh, I'm sorry. And now, did no. you read it? No, I, no. I you love Harry I love Harry Styles. You didn't read it after she made it good? No, I love Harry Styles. All right. I love him. So I was I didn't like, know who he was until the other day. Somebody had sent me some video. And I, my daughter was next to me and I was like, I was talking to um, Coralie June and Kelsey Clayton mm-hmm. and we were, we were in like this, whatever, like a chat together and Coralie had sent us um, some video of him and it was like, just like a, a video of just like different poses of him. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're welcome. And I was like, my daughter is next to me. She's 15. And I was like, who is this? Cause Coralie and Kelsey, they're both like 10 years younger than me. And so I was like, who is this? my daughter's like, that's Harry Styles. And I was like, who? It's like One Direction. Oh, I love that song. The Make You Beautiful song. I love that song. She's like, yeah, mom, goodbye. No, I have literally, so like One Direction, I I have grown up with One Direction. Harry Styles has literally loved my life. Like if somebody paid me right now, if they were like, you can have one celebrity, one, it would be Harry Styles. I love him. Yeah, yeah. the time where NSYNC and Backstreet Boys were um, <laughs> I also like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah, like- I was more of like Eminem. <laughs> like, I like Eminem too. I like him too. Like he was like my if I was stuck in an elevator, <laughs> he would be it. I was <laughs> in the nineties, so it's like this whole. One Direction bad I totally skipped over my That's head. probably where my bad boys thing like started was Eminem. Eminem. Like <laughs> his fault. Like, like the eight know. mile movie was hot. <laughs> that last rap battle, that was pretty legit. That's- no, no, the scene where he has sex with that girl yeah, in the warehouse. Yes. Yes. I was like, holy snap. <laughs> And that was like a legit sex scene. That looks so real compared to some other. Yeah, people. it did. I, I was wondering if nine months later she'd have a baby. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the last section, which is trope questions. And so this is the last few questions that we're going to have. Um, your first trope questions. What is your favorite, like all time favorite one to write and to read? Like well, without a doubt. I think we've talked about this the entire time. Um, so like, I was just making sure I want to clarify. <laughs> um, it would be between, so like I have a group called Sing- Secret Babies and Single Parents Are My Jam. Um, because like, yeah, so I, I don't think I could choose between secret babies or single parents. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I, if I had to, I think, I don't know. I don't think I could. It, so it, is that both for reading and writing? Both, yeah. Okay, cool, right. Yeah. There you go, moving on, next question. I just want to clarify <laughs> for readers and listeners. <laughs> What's one trope you'll never write? Paranormal. Is that a trope? Is yeah. PNR a trope? It could be. Yeah, it could be. I guess it's a genre. I don't know if it's a genre. Or trope. I would never write PNR. Um, like I love Twilight, but it didn't feel like PNR. Um, but I've tried to read a few PNR books, and I think that the reason for it for me is that when I re- when I write or when I read, I like can relate to them. And I think with the PNR, like knowing that they're like vampires or werewolves or whatever it is, like they're people that are dead or you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not real. I can't um, relate. And knowing that it like, 
I can't, I can't connect with it mm-hmm. because I can't imagine myself being that. Yeah. So that's, that's why I would never be able to, um, write it because I, I have friends who are hardcore, like PNR friends and like fantasy. So like, they're really into like, uh, a court of thorns and roses and like that jam yeah and when we were in middle school and you know like elementary like when we were young or whatever they totally thought that they were werewolves like they were yeah no i tried to read um what was it called i'm gonna get this name wrong but something dagger hood black dagger (gasps) oh my god the black dagger brotherhood it's like they're so hot and i was like okay i'm here for this and like and i read it and it was hot but i just couldn't connect just because it was like I get you like I did I connected hard not beating like (laughs) like I connected on a very spiritual level with rat I love the black dagger brotherhood (sighs) yeah and and, you know and it was really good but it was just like for me it was like I couldn't imagine it in my head like I couldn't imagine it actually happening and so that vampire yeah no I can. Maybe if that really happened to me, then I'd be all about it. I'd be like, okay, (laughs) now now I'm sold. Now I'll read them. I need a vampire set to kill Nikki Ash, please. (laughs) If it was a trope love triangle, I couldn't write a love triangle. Yeah, okay. I would suck at it. Me too. You'd pick them in like five seconds. (laughs) It's like, eh, no, here, sorry. Like you would know, you would know the entire time because like one guy would be like kissing her ass and super sweet and the other guy would be like horrible. Like the readers would know the entire time. Sometimes that's the person that everybody wants her to end up with is the one who's Not for me, not for me. Like I would make it like so obvious. Okay. I'd probably kill him. I'd probably kill him off too. Just to the train station you go. Done. So one outside of the box trope that you haven't wrote that you would like to. Um well, you know, I wanted to write reverse harem and I wrote that with Kay Webster, and that was my outside of the box trope, which mm-hmm. we just released that like last month, the second book released. So I think that was it. I would like to do that again on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because she like held my hand through it and it was <laughs> really fun and really cool and and it was a really good experience but I would definitely like to do something like that on my own yeah um I'm here that, for it. I love a good reverse that would probably be me or like Lisa Minaj like the Unbroken Promises has MFM um but it ends with MM yeah but it's not a love triangle um I love a good MM book but so maybe like I would like to write like just one of those where it's like where it's where is that either a poly or whatever it is like on my own that would be that's my goal to one day write one on like a buyer's I'm here for it I'm here for it I'll write write. because it was different when you write with somebody else especially like she's seasoned in that you know she's written books like that so like when she's there and like and so you're kind of like it doesn't feel like you're writing that because like she writes certain characters and I write certain characters. And so you don't really have to write all four of those characters. And so I would like to like one day. Ooh, that's a lot of characters. That's a lot it of is. Characters. Yeah. She wrote, she wrote one, I think where it was like four or five guys and a girl. And I'm like, how do you even remember all of them? Like who's where, what, what's happening? Who's where, who's what is in who? Like what is going yeah. on? Like, yeah. So that's what I want to do that. If I had to pick one, that's what I would one day, one day do. All right, and our last question for the evening is: If you were in a book, which trope would you want to be in? I think we've 
I think I would guess the secret baby would be it. Would you no, want if I had to be in a trope? Like if me, if I was the character? Yeah. No, I would not want to be in a secret baby because I don't want to have freaking kids. <laughs> no. No, and I'm already living the single parent life. I sure as hell don't want to do that again. So no, 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 no. Actually, I wouldn't want to. That's why it's so funny that I write them and love them and read them. No, I would not want to participate in that in any way. <laughs> No, um, I, if I had to pick a trope and I'm just going to kind of make this up because I don't even know if this is really a trope, but this is now a trope. Okay. I would have to be in a kidnapping book where she's kidnapped by this really mean, horrible guy, but then he ends up like, like saving her. You know what like I mean? 365 days. Yeah, she's like sold to like slavery, but like, and I know that sounds so, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Like, listen, here's the thing. I know that sex trafficking is not a joke. Let me. Let me put that in there because I don't want people listening to this to be like, I know it's not a joke. However, we're in the romance world. It's fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And okay, that's kind of like, yeah, I want to be like, first of all, I would be skinny. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I know that I'm not going to be kidnapped in real life because I'm fat. So <laughs> first of all, first of all, my character, I am skinny. I'm super okay. hot. Super hot. Then I am kidnapped, sold to slavery by, you know, it's this horrible guy where this really nice guy saves me. Your um, yeah. And he, but he's like a super badass too. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. all like Russian and shit. And, you know, Russian and shit. yeah. And like, like you know, Russian bodyguard who has like a nasty scar on his back covered in tattoos and is like quiet. Doesn't like, talk um, to me. Like, what is the, what was that book? Um, I'm going to get her name wrong. Anna Zyris twisted or whatever twist me twist me oh yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah. okay yeah that's me i'm that character listen and we don't have kids but i never get pregnant ever <laughs> ever so i already have my kids and they're perfect why would i want more exactly i just added that in because i don't know if my kids are listening so i want them <laughs> i love them love you long time <laughs> <laughs> so anywho thank you so much for joining us this has been really fun and this was hilarious and thank you so much like we've had such a good time with you i warned you i was gonna be this is gonna be awkward i warned you it's not awkward, it was not awkward. it's so good but thank you so much for joining us we really thanks for having it. me